are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? We're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 403, a.k.a. Year 8, Week 31, uh, a.k.a. the Christmas Eve edition uh, of the show. So thank you for joining me, uh, MC. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with, we'll just do it for M- the fuck of it. Okay, MC. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining me. I, you know, I didn't know where you were. And I don't know if you want to share where you were, but I was like, you know, I'm fairly committed to this and it's early enough for me on Christmas Eve. Like, you know, we do the shit, we do the, this is the live broadcast on Clubhouse. So it's, you know, a little after 3 p.m. Eastern time. And we usually try to start around 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Clubhouse there. Uh, the club is the Anarchist Experience, or you can add me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H. And I'll hit the little button to notify you that we're going live, all that other bullshit that you hear on all the other shows. But I was like, you know what? Like, when do the Christmas festivities actually begin, right? You know, for most people, it's like, well, it's early enough for me where on a normal Christmas, like, nothing happens yet, right? Like, it's not, you know, if, if I still had a, if I was still working at a job that was open today, you know, being at work at this time be fine, and then stuff happens later in the evening, through the evening into like Christmas morning itself. All right. So I was like, you know, M- MC getting up at like 10 a.m. on a normal Saturday, even though it's Christmas Eve, right? Like nothing's happened yet. We can, we can bang out a podcast, you know, and then you come and tell me that you're not actually where you, you normally are. And I, again, share if you want to, but I was like, so now I feel a little bad for dragging you into this thing. But I'm glad you're here. So thank you. Thank you for joining me. Oh, no, no dragging uh, involved. Um, I was uh, waking up from a nap. Okay. And then. So either way, waking up to <laughs> waking up to, to the show. I I tried to catch a little nap while other things were going on around here too. It's like, all right, you you do your thing, and then I'll I'll try to catch some forty winks. And then I, you know, then I wake up and. You know, like, oh, you you missed it. And I go, I didn't miss anything. I have learned to sleep like a dad, which means I know what's going on around me, even if I'm snoring. <laughs> right? Like, I I hear everything. I I all the conversations. Nothing, nothing has gotten past my ears, uh, even though I'm technically out cold. So, yeah, got a little quick one in there. Tried some Turkish coffee. Not not homemade, but like you know, the little Turkish coffee setup for a little bit of a caffeine pick me up, and kind of dig it. You know, if you like small bits of coffee, because the little cups they come is like, all right, here's here's two ounces of coffee. It's like I don't know if that's ever going to be enough, but it was good. <laughs> so that being said, what is going on with you this week, MC? Anything? Anything of importance? Oh, n- nothing really. Yeah. Just wait, waiting to see what what. What happens next? What is going to happen next? Like, what's, you know, the the, the big things that we've well, been covering, you know. The, gov- the government got what they wanted, their $1.7 trillion bill. Yeah. And that's about it. It's like, um, I don't know. I wish we could just skip all the middle stuff. It's like, oh, we got to have this war so we can spend this money, and that's what they really want. Yeah. I wish we could just... Give them the money. Hey, here's your money printer. Have fun, and skip all the other crap. Just don't do it. Well, that would that would require them to actually take a look at what's in the bill and you know, parse it out and individually wrap it and all the other stuff that you know the the one the the one law to time act or whatever they were trying to get passed before. I think it was the the we the people people, right? The the one subject at a time act or one topic at a time act. Like none none of these giant bills where too much crap's included and no one knows what's in there. 
you got to pass it to find out what's in there. Nonsense. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, more upset that that they're willing to, uh, you know, actually drop bombs because what they really want is is the money. Yeah. And it's for for most people, it's less about the outcome as it is uh, them getting paid. Yeah. And so I wish I wish we could just pay them to go away rather than pay them to do war. This is this is another one of those weeks where I, I kind of wish KS were able to join us. Not that not that I don't think you're expertly qualified, MC. It's just you know as a as a college professor, right? I kind of I kind of lean on him for the the more academic historical information on things, and I I, I say that to say this um, frequently. <laughs> My boss at work will like you know drag me into a conversation, and that sounds weird, but you know even like for for example, I'll 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 get around to my main story in a minute. But just for example, you know yesterday was a half day. We're going into the Christmas holiday. You know we finish work at uh, we finish work at one o'clock, and then we're done for like the weekend, three day weekend. You know no Saturday, no Sunday. The owner gave us Monday off, so we've got this long holiday ahead of us, right? And he's got me like on task, right? And so I'm I am performing my duties, which I agreed to do for the money they agreed to pay me. And he comes meandering out of his office to come chat with me. And I don't know if the chat was like twenty minutes or a half an hour or maybe even longer. Uh, but at one point he goes like, "Hey, what time is it, Rich?" I was like, "Twelve uh, twenty-five, boss." Yeah, he's like, "Oh man." It means I got to go back in there and like kill another thirty-five minutes before we can get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, all righty, <laughs> you know. He's like, "Well, let's just hit it hard for the next thirty-five minutes." I'm like, "I was, I was already doing that, man. Like, you know, I'm trying to, trying to get stuff done here." Um, <laughs> but he does that a lot, right? Like, I'm, you know, I'm working, and then he comes meandering out to to tell a tale of some kind. Which is fine, right? Because it you know breaks up the monotony of the day, and sometimes it's a, you know it's a useful break. Um, but I get the I get the feeling that he thinks we agree on more that we on more than we do, <laughs> and I you know I'm too new to like break it to him all at once. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not I don't I don't think I'm at risk for losing my job. Uh, but I don't really want to lose my job. Like, I, if I'm going to leave that position, I want to. I want to be doing the getting ahead of it. You know, you know, finding the next job first. And ironically, okay, here again. I'll, I'll, I'm going to meander a bit again here. Uh, my old position with the storage company, of which I left, right, became available again on Indeed, and so I applied for it again, just as kind of a you know the middle finger, the fuck you, like, you know, you're already hiring for a position that I was never planning to leave, right? And so they, they reach back out, they go, great, fantastic, you know, when when are you available to interview? And so I message them back, I'm like, well, how about Friday? You know, this is not this past Friday, but the Friday before, I'm like, how about Friday, like 4 o'clock or whatever? And I never heard back from them, like, I wonder if they realized, like, who was applying for the job, right? Like, they realized it was me whom they have already passed on because they're dickheads. Um, and then, so they never got back to me on that. And I was like, man, it ca- kind of dumb, right? Like, you've got the guy who's doing the job for four years, right? Clearly the most qualified that wanted to stay, right? And you're out here hiring randos off of Indeed, right? Rather than just giving me my job back. And letting me run it the way I was running it successfully for four years, so I thought that was interesting. <laughs> um, but I don't want to lose my current job. Like if they had if they had given me that position, I, I probably would have felt it out and seen where it was and went back uh, just to get the free time that I had back. Um, but I don't want to lose my current position uh, in that manner just yet. So I kind of I nod and I don't necessarily go along and I do my well here's the thing kind of a thing to play devil's advocate to his positions and whatnot. This is my current boss. Um, but he is very pro Ukraine 
in all of this. Yeah, he's like he's like yeah those those spiky you know you know uh, spunky Ukrainians are really like fucking picking it to the Russians, you know. Mm-hmm. Imagine what they could have done, you know. And when it comes down to like you know the this whole stimulus bill package whatever crap they just passed, uh, the part of it that's for the Ukraine, mm-hmm. right? He's like money well spent. I go mm-hmm. really how how is that money well spent? You know like. He's like, well, you know, uh, because the Ukrainians are fighting them over there and doing such a good job over there, it means that we don't have to worry about the Russians invading the United States. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't know how to break this to you, man, but like, I was never worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, the rationalizations are just way off the chart on on that one. Um, but I think it's the same thing that that happens uh, on on to the leftists. Uh, it's it's the um, what do you call it? Mass formation. Okay. So something happens, and you're afraid of that, and so then you go, uh, you, you know, your your hive mind switches on, and then you find your answer. And your answer is, you know, for most of them is, oh, it's this Zelensky guy. Look how strong he is. And yeah. they don't realize, they don't realize that he's an actor. Like a comedian. He's not even, like a legit he's comedian. Not, yeah, he's not even real. He's he's somebody who is, who is placed there. They picked him and they said, just do this, just say that. And, you know, everybody will love you and, and uh, you know, you'll be super rich. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. You know, he's yeah. he's an actor, and that's uh, it is so sad that people can't see through it, and they just go along with it like this is some uh, you know real life drama, right? And I think people, people, you know, most people people's lives are mundane and and useless, and so uh, this makes them uh, you know feel something, and so. Um, they they latch onto it and uh, they embrace it totally, just like the COVID crowd. With oh, you got to take the vaccine. Fauci's our hero. You know this is the way. It's like yeah, g- give me a break, people. It's you're you're full of it. <laughs> yeah, and, but and the, the the other the other side of that is like I've I have said before that even even I as principled as I usually am or claim to be or, you know, present myself, mm-hmm. right? Like I have a price. It's a pretty steep price, but there's a number out there where you go like, all right, Rich, we're going to give you X amount of dollars and you just pretend to be the leader of a country. Sure. And if the number is high, I'm like sold, right? Compromise yeah. everything um, for as long as I can. And then, you know, do good with that money later. Right, like like a true. Yeah, state. I understand. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not saying you know I, I, every everybody is human, but I, I'm just saying for the for the people who uh, are you know supporting the Ukraine without actually supporting the Ukraine, you know, just like yeah. support them with their vote. Um, you know, those people are the saddest to me. It's like you just um, I don't know. It's it's like willfully live, living in uh, fantasy land. Yeah. And uh, and again to take this back to my boss because that you know that was that was part of what he said. And then, you know, he's like, "Well, if if, you know, I was like, well, they're the Ukraine the Ukrainians are putting up a good fight, right? Partially because they're getting aid from everywhere. Right? This they would have been smashed. Uh, without foreign aid and foreign support and U.S. dollars, you know, funneling in to their war efforts, despite how much is being laundered off off to the side, right? So it's not like it's not like they're really putting up that big of a fight on their own. And then he he went like you know the the World War II route, right? Like, well, you know, if you know if we hadn't helped, you know, England and France and whoever in World War II. Well, then you would have like a, you know, an invasion of the Nazis coming here. So it's important to help out foreign, you know, foreign powers deal with their stuff. So we don't have to deal with the bigger baddies later. 
And once again, I was like, ah, it hurts my head a little bit, but I, I don't think that that would have been a problem, right? Like it was, it was a European war and I'm fairly confident that had the Nazis tried a land invasion in the United States, right? That that would have been the time, uh, to like defend our land and fight back. Right. You know, as sure as nationalistic as you want to be. He's like, well, by that time, you know, having conquered all of Europe, right? The the Nazi the Nazis uh, the the Nazi army coalition party whatever would have been too strong to put up a defense or, or too spread out and weak. Maybe <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. it's like yeah. And, and and again, that's part of it. Right? Like, I don't I don't have I don't have the mental drive to have those conversations at work. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think part of it, like this, this is just me spitballing at this point, right? Because of who else works there in our department, right? It's, you know, he, he calls, um, he calls our department and the, and the job of the other members of the department, like, you know, a job for broken people, right? Like we, we run a telemarketing office primarily, and it takes a certain kind of people with a certain kind of mentality and a certain disposition to do telemarketing work, and it's not the best people in the world, right? So I, I think he thinks that because I'm uh, intelligent, right, beyond what he's used to, that means that I agree with him because I couldn't possibly disagree with him because he's the most intelligent person in the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. So, and that, that could be true. That could just be me, like, trying to figure shit out. Uh, so I don't want to say that with any degree of certainty. Um, but, you know, coming up with stuff like that, and he's like, oh, you, you've ever heard that saying, you know, first they came for whatever. I'm like, yeah, you know, Pastor Martin Niemoller or whatever. He's like, ah, is that the guy? I'm like, yes, I'm, I am, you know, uniquely familiar with that quote. And... You know, the, the quote that I prefer, you know, the Thomas Jefferson one or whoever, which was, you know, trade with all nations and tangling alliances with none, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to get into war. I just want to trade goods and services across imaginary borders in the hopes that doing so will, like, save off a war and an invasion because why would you do that with a trading partner, even if you wanted to rule the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, no, we, we you know... And I'm okay, you know, and the other one that I brought up was the, the old Elvis, you know, Colonel Parker uh, analogy or example, which was Colonel Parker, Elvis's manager, right? Like sold buttons that said, I hate Elvis, right? So they were making money from Elvis fans and then they were making money from Elvis haters who didn't realize that they were funding the Elvis project uh, by buying buttons that said, I hate Elvis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I don't care if we manufacture whatever it is and sell it to both sides, right? Who cares? We, you know, we sell goods and services to the, to the highest bidder to whoever's willing to pay and you do what you want with that, you know, let, let the companies make their money um, and don't restrict who they sell it to for whatever reason. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay with arms dealers and drug traffickers and all that other, uh, you know, forbidden things uh, for that reason. Like, no, no, it's just, it's just trade, man. They got the money. We got the goods, you know, or whomever, like just get it done. Trade, trade with all, whatever you're selling, whatever you're selling that they want to buy. Let's, let's do that. And then not worry that we're going to sell them arms and they're going to use those arms against us. Because if we did that, they're run out of arms. (laughs) Right, and then, then they got nobody to buy them from, you know. If that's if that's what we're gonna do, let's just do that, and and be the dealer, dealing for both sides. Because who cares? They got the money. Let's play. So yeah, I, th- I you know it's 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 again weird because he's always. Oh, the other thing that came up was like you know the inflation aspect of it, and you know so I I constantly talk to him about Bitcoin, not crypto, but Bitcoin specifically, since now we have to make that distinction. Uh, for most people. Um, and he started, you know, he started bringing up the, it's the, the, the price is going up 
uh, being a separate cause of inflation. And then he's like, well, take a look at like car prices, you know, 20 years ago or from 2000, whatever, to 2015, 2000. And we landed, it was too difficult to find with a quick Google search. Like, you know, I just want the top result from Google, man. Uh, and he's like, well, take a look at gold prices, you know, from the, from 2000. So I found the gold prices from the year 2000. It was like 200 bucks and some change for gold. He's like, wait, what? Gold was what? I'm like, I mean, you can take the numbers for what it's worth, man. This was like the first result on Google. I'm not verifying this against any other sources, but this is what we got, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was like the purchasing power. It's like prices going up and purchasing power, you know. So I I brought I brought up the the old chart of like the purchasing power of the dollar since the invention of the Federal Reserve System in 1913, and how it's lost like you know 99 percent of its purchasing power. Right? He's like, well, prices have gone up too, and we're like the one and the same, man. You know, it's <laughs> it's all in it's all inflationary. And getting into gold and metal and silvers and, and crypto is a, is you know to to protect what you've got against that. So when he saw that gold had gone up tenfold, basically or close to it, uh, in twenty years, right? What what what's the inflation rate in that time period as well? You know, and even go and you know there there are other factors involved because gold has gold has fluctuated, and I remember probably about fifteen years ago now. Right, I rode the silver wave from the mid twenties all the way up to almost fifty dollars. Never cashed out because that's not really my thing, um, and then rode it all the way back down. And I don't know what caused that spike, right? But clearly, the dollar has lost more purchasing power since then, um, and at least silver hasn't kept up, and yeah. gold as well has been you so, know kind of supposedly. Stagnant. If you want to look at purchasing power, um, gold is a little bit uh, of an abstract because. Well, it's 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 money itself. Um, so, if you want to look at the the one thing that is most consistent in uh, energy use and uh, uh, ability to be made, I think it's it's bread. Um, and so, if you compare the price of of you know the rising cost of bread to the money supply, um, that's the best way to gauge inflation, but I, I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up again, but I think it's okay. red. Well, so br- it, you know, it takes a certain amount of energy from the sun and a certain amount of, yeah. uh, you know, machinery and, and people working on it and, and distribution. And they've, it, they've got it. So we're so efficient that you, you basically, you can't do much better uh, as time goes on with the efficiency of it. Okay. And so the only thing is, is what is the cost, you know, and okay. the cost will yeah. go up depending on how much money there is for people to, to buy it. Okay. I'll try to remember that if he ever brings it up again, because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the big one around here is um, I, I buy a lot of eggs. Uh, yeah. Eggs is probably close to that too. Yeah. But there's, there's like a, there's a bird flu going around mm. and it's affecting the supply of poultry um, and therefore eggs. Yeah. Right. So it's getting hit by inflation and falling and falling supply uh, yeah. through external factors. So it's not as accurate as maybe bread is. Yeah. But yeah, everything. And I, and I suppose they could up. mess up bread too. I mean, the, you know, if, if fertilizer prices go up, then you're going to mess up the the ability to uh, get the wheat, and then of course you need oil to yeah. harvest, and so all that is, is yeah. affected. But, but. but those are all inputs into making the bread, though. So that sure, sure. If all that goes up, and therefore the price of bread goes up, that's that would be an indicator of the inflation, right? But if there was a if there was a locust attack, right, mm-hmm. that wiped out the entire midwestern wheat farms for a season right then that would be more of an external factor not not an not an inflationary one mm-hmm. but either way like you know have having these conversations with them is is challenging because i don't want to challenge him too much because uh, right. he's the boss and again i you know he's uh his background is number one he's he's not even an american citizen he's a canadian and he's just been here for a long time. Um, he's former army, uh, and but, but not not end of term. Like got, was released, kicked out of the army, basically not dishonorably. 
Well, I wonder what he thinks about all the socialism, you know, in Canada that's getting worse. Well, that's that's the other thing. You know, he's uh, he's got a lot of medical issues. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, maybe you do go back to Canada to get some of that socialized medicine if your American drugs are like 1200 bucks a month, you know. I forget what drug it was, but that was one of the earlier conversations I had when I first started. It's like, I need this medicine. And it's, you know, if I pay out of pocket, it's like 1200 bucks a month. But I go through a program where I basically get it for free, like some, some charitable thing. Mm-hmm. But the paperwork got lost or whatever. And so he was going without his medication while they tried to get it in order. And then there was another one that he applied for, um, that gave him some assistance towards it. So rather than 1200 bucks a month, he would have to cough up like 400 bucks a month uh, until the other paperwork got in order so that he could get his, you know, his pain meds or whatever, whatever it was. Um, I like, seems to me like the Canadian system is the way to go here. If you got all, you know, these problems, but then again, you know, I don't, I don't know if he sees the same articles that I do, where it's, oh, you've asked for too much accommodations from the Canadian system. Uh, have you considered euthanasia? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think as far as like uh, hospital beds and, and actual, you know, intense care, um, the Canadians have a much, uh, you know, less supply for that s- sort of stuff. So... Um, that's why they, they resort to, uh, wait lists for surgeries and stuff like that. So, um, that's just, I don't know that that's weird to me. Um, I mean, I totally understand like if you don't have enough supply that you have to ration, right. But they don't have uh, a free market mechanism to determine how much supply they, they should have. They just, they just randomly pick numbers and be like, Oh, I guess this is how many surgeons we should hire. It's like, what? How, how do you know yeah. that's the right amount? And you that's what you—that's what you get with government. It, you're always looking to the past to find out what the, what the answer is. That's that's what Elon Musk uh, accused the Federal Reserve of uh, with the economy. He says that they're they're constantly looking six months or more back at the economy to see what they should be doing now. And it's the wrong. It's like it's like driving driving while looking through the reverse. Rear view mirror, while uh, watching a uh, you know through the rear view mirror, watching a, a VHS of of the past. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Maybe that's why Tesla self driving doesn't work right. <laughs> yeah, he's I got mean, a program to do that. Yeah, it's pretty good, but uh, yeah, still working on it. I I don't like the self driving thing. I wish they would have never done that. But you know. yeah, I think well, I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with it. It's just. It's currently deceptively misleading, right? Yeah, and I don't know if if you've got sixty grand to blow on a car or more, and um, you're not smart enough to realize that full self driving isn't really workable yet, uh, and you you know then it's a waste of money. Yeah. Um, then you, maybe you should just lose your money. <laughs> you know, All right, fair. maybe you maybe you don't deserve that sixty grand is what I'm saying because like. <laughs> You know, I, I I got a Tesla. You know, I was thinking, oh, maybe in a few years, you know, they'll have the self driving thing working. But I did not buy that full self driving package. <laughs> yeah, smart, <laughs> smart because it's not it's not even full self driving yet. But I don't want to I don't want to get too much yeah. in unless you want to talk about Elon. I don't I don't need to get into that. I was just no, I, that that was my yeah. my one input. I, my my mind always keeps going back to him because it's because uh, he's always in the he, goddamn news. He, he's. Probably one of the more more important people in in the world, and and he understands at least the limits of government, you know, and how harmful they can be, um, you know, even if you can take advantage of them <laughs> at certain times. Um, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely limits on on how much good the government can do. Yeah, and again and again, that's why he does not necessarily like the libertarian hero. Oh yeah, that some definitely. make him out to be is because he gets a lot of government handouts and grants, check, you know, whatever's mm-hmm. for what he's doing. Um, but at the same time, right? Like, why wouldn't you? You know, yeah. I struggle. I struggle with that too because you fall in. You you know, you fall into that the welfare trap, mm-hmm. right? Um, here, an- another example from work. Uh, 
right? You're familiar with the 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 welfare cliff, right? Does that term ring a bell to you? I can imagine. Okay, people but on yeah, welfare. I guess it, if you get into it, it's hard to get out. But <laughs> well, well, people who are on welfare, uh, you know, they they get they get their stipend from the state, and the stipend sometimes allows them to go to work. But if they start making too much money at work, uh, then they lose their stipend, mm-hmm. right? And then there's this gap between how much money they can make from work and how much more they would have to work to to get across that gap where they're making more at work than a little at work and their government stipend combined. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. So we've got we've got a guy at work uh, who was who was furloughed. Right. That's the other thing that happened at work this week. Like right before Christmas, we're like, well, every everyone but two telemarketers are furloughed until the beginning of the year. Merry Christmas. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but genuinely this gentleman as, as kind as he is probably deserves it the most amongst everybody. And that's because the, the job that they do is not necessarily sales, but it has a lot of sales elements to it, right? Like you don't get paid very much to just do the job. You get paid more to do the job well, and I'm always okay with that perspective, right? I like I like my little base salary here and there, you know, just to pay the bills, and then I like the ability to bonus the shit out of everything, um, and really make the money there. Like I'm not I'm not a straight commission guy because that's that's too much risk and uncertainty for me, uh, but I do like the ability where performance matters. Mm-hmm. So we have this telemarketer who's on that program, right? And we're like, well, you know, you're getting your little base pay here, you know, but what would happen? Like, what's going to happen when we really start making some money? You know, when we get, when we get the ship righted, so to speak, and we're all doing, we're all doing well and making bonuses, like, what are you going to do? He goes, oh, I probably have to cut my hours. (laughs) What do you mean? And it, and it was because of this welfare cliff, right? If he makes too much money, he has to work less in order to not make more than he's allowed to make based on it, the, you know, the disability that he's on, mm-hmm. right? So whatever he's, whatever he's making for disability, he's got to make that and then some well past, you know, what, what he wants to do uh, to, to make that up. So if he starts making real money, like getting paid, like, you know, a healthy sum in bonuses, right? That'll fuck up his disability. You can't let that happen. Mm-hmm. So he's got to cut his hours. So he only makes his, his, his total, right? Is only a, a, a fixed amount per month. So you're allowed, you're allowed to make, you know, $2,000 a month or whatever yeah. well, it is. That's, that's exactly why when, when I say there should, if, if we're going to have welfare, it should be, everybody gets it equally and it shouldn't be something that you can take away because you make too much money. Um, I, I don't know why that's hard for people to understand, but, um, you know, call it a, an allowance, if you will, or whatever, yeah. but it's like you, you start, uh, putting conditions on it and then people will, you know, make, you know, make, uh, changes to their, uh, lifestyle to get around losing that free money so right just don't do it just say hey man we see you need money here's the money have the best life you can have and if that means you know working 12 hours a day or two hours a day totally up to you it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah and i and and again i we don't have to get into that because we've we've argued that out a sure. number of times here uh but if that were coming from a charitable organization or a free market enterprise Right, I'd be all over it, mm-hmm. um, but the, but the government handing out free money, right, means they're getting it from somewhere either through taxation or the printing press, um, and that devalues it all the way around. And yeah. I understand, you know, again, I don't want well, to put words in your mouth, but go ahead. They're de- they're devaluing it as much as they possibly can right now. Um, they're just giving it to their military industrial complex and Ukraine. <laughs> 
So. Right. <laughs> right. Like, and I and I well, get that that's your point. If they're going to do it, if since they're going to do it anyway, at least give it to the people who need it. Fine. Um, I will I will yeah. stay on the side of principle on that one and say, well, then we should stop them from doing it altogether. We should, no, so, it should. Yeah. Um, so the only the only thing right now I could say is that, um, uh, you know, as far as the government spent, you know, creating money to do it, I, I say go for it. Um, what I the the thing that bothers me the most is them hiring eighty seven thousand IRS agents uh, to go after more people because like they they know who the 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 big guys are the ones with the billions of dollars like Bernie Bernie Sanders would say. Um, but they're not going after them because they're too hard of a target. So they're hiring eighty-seven thousand yeah. IRS agents to go after weak people. Yep. With that, without a lot of money, and you know, so rich people have lawyers. If you go, if you go after the people that are, you know, sending five hundred dollars or more to their friend on on Venmo or PayPal or whatever it is, um, that's easier for them. So that's that's what those IRS agents are going to be used for. Did you see the uh, the Donald Trump tax return? debacle this week or last week uh i heard about it i i okay. kind of avoided it i guess mentally okay. it's just not, not interesting to me well okay not interesting fine but the you know the 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 items of concern was like five out of the last seven years or whatever he had negative income right and mm-hmm. therefore paid zero taxes oh darn oh da- right i'm like fucking good right <laughs> how do i make billions you know, like where I want, I want the, like the step-by-step guide, uh, to make millions, show negative income, live a wealthy lifestyle and pay no taxes. Right. Like how do, you know, yeah, exactly. sign me up. Yeah. And why can't libertarians do that? You know, if, if libertarians are so against taxing and taxation, which we are and rightfully so, right. And for whatever reason, libertarians choose the life of poverty right in order to not give more money to the government and to the state right like oh no i don't i don't want to pay the state anymore so i'm going to live as frugally as possible right when clearly there is a blueprint to be wealthy and tax free right and why don't why don't we collectively as libertarians and anarchists whatever uh follow that fucking blueprint as best we can so we so we can have yeah. a wealthy lifestyle, show that free markets and fair trade and all or free trade and all that stuff works, um, and reduce our tax burden down to zero most years. Sure, sure. Um, would uh, accepting welfare to offset any taxes that you pay be uh, a a partial solution? Um, at, you know, I might. I might be on record before as saying no on principle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I have, I think I have since changed my mind for the most part, right? Like get what you can back from the state, however you can. Um, and part of that has to do with the, the, the recent um, inflationary tactics. Right. Right. Like they're, they're, they're going to devalue, like, you know, I'm fine at this point with student loan forgiveness, right? Because they're devaluing your money anyway. And so anytime you can get away not paying them back or getting more from them, like, just fine, fucking do it, right? If, if you were set up for a great job coming out of college, right, and you were going to be able to pay your student loan back, you know, no problem, um, then that would be a different situation. Like, you, you took the loan, you pay it back. Right, but when you're, you're when you're sitting on like a hundred thousand uh, dollar, you know, loan payment, and they're devaluing the currency, where soon it could be a hundred thousand dollars gets you a loaf of bread, right? Like I don't care at that point, right? Get mm-hmm. get your money where you can, even if it's from the state. My fear with that has always been again that welfare cliff, mm-hmm. right? Like you you get on the dole, you get on welfare to get money back from the state and then you find yourself in that same predicament where you have now become so accustomed to that handout that it's difficult to get away from that and to, you know, re- uh, return to being a productive member of society. And that, that would be my overall concern with 
I'm going to say permanently going on welfare to the state, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there's, you know, there's a, a well-known local activist here in town. I'm not going to name drop because whatever, I don't feel like it. Um, but he's like, I just want to get, uh, what's a, there's, you know, a drapetomania or whatever. One of those oppositional defiant disorder diagnoses. He's like, I just want to get one of those diagnoses, right? So that I can go on disability with the state, right? That there's an irony there where my objection to the state causes me to be disabled because I can't hold a real job knowing that the state does all this stuff to corporations, right? And then they just have to pay me for this diagnosis like that, you know? And I was like, yeah, but then, you know, what do you do? Like, do you, do you still do agorism on the side, right? Do you still add value to the community or do you just sit on your ass and be like, nope, not doing it because I'm getting my check from the state. Uh, and if and when that ever dries up, right, then how hard is it to get back into the workforce after, you know, mm-hmm. decades out of it at that point? So, <laughs> I I weigh the I weigh those things when I consider my opinion, um, but again, you know, I, I would you know I uh, amongst normal people I'm a libertarian, amongst libertarians I'm the anarchist, amongst anarchists I'm the ancap, um, the anarcho capitalist, and yet with the with the with the current actions of the state, uh, I am sympathetic towards. Um, the anti-work crowd, right? The the anti-capitalist, anti-work crowd. Um, not that not that their positive position makes much sense, but I can sympathize with their negative position, right? Like I don't want I don't want communism, I don't want socialism, um, but I also don't think you should have to go to work and bust your ass for anybody uh, when they're devaluing the purchasing power of your dollar at the same time, right? Like that's, that to me gets sillier by the day, right? Yeah. Um, and so the, the solution to that is, is cryptocurrency. So I, 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 I'm not so upset that they're printing money. What I am upset about is that, that even that is not enough for them. They're going to come after your money, uh, your property, you know, they're, they're, it, yeah, I don't know. It's like they 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 will. There's no level so low that they won't sink to it. And so, uh, you know, when when printing money doesn't work anymore because uh, it's causing too much too much inflation, too too it's devaluing the money too fast. Then they resort to well, we'll just have to take some of it from them, you know, to make it worth more. Cause if, the, yeah. if, if they're stealing it from people, well then they, that creates the demand for more of it. Right. So. Well, and again, um, that's the other thing, right? That's what makes taxing people so much more of a, of, of a fuck you, right? Because right. they don't even need to tax anybody. They print it anyway. Yeah. Whatever they need, they already have and have utilized the ability to print. Right. Yeah. So, the, but, but they also don't like to see things, see prices rise for themselves either okay because you know rich people are like oh you know there's all these yachts and stuff but they now it went from 5 million to 20 million we got to do something about this inflation you know yeah. <laughs> so, they, so they gotta they gotta tax people okay and yeah. so you gotta stick it to the little guy any way they can and um i always see more is about control Right. Yeah, Stick it, it to the little guy for control more than it is about paying for, you know, paying for your yacht. Like how, 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 how many little guys does it take going to work for, you know, I'm going to say a living wage at this point, because even the middle class are taxed way too heavily and it is struggling. Right. How well, many, how many of those does it take the, to pay for your yacht? What's that? The middle class is always the target. The The poor people are the ones that, that vote the rich people into power because they're not paying very much because they're they're getting all the you know the welfare yep. um but but the 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 devil there is that well they've they've sold out their uh, ability to maximize their potential in order for free money and so you get a big uh uh, uh lower low class and and the upper class is uh you know 
just ripping off the middle class as, as much as they can. And, and that works until you run out of other people's money. Well, yeah, but, uh, but then again, they just print more, right? They just devalue what's left, right? Sure. And when they devalue what's left to where a college education, you know, a college education 10 years ago costs, costs the same as a loaf of bread today, right? Yeah. You know, well, get then we get into the conversation of exactly when are we going to run into hyperinflation? And I, again, that's, that would be a good question if KS were here because... I don't think he knows. I mean, he thought it would have happened already. So well, and that's that's part of the problem, right? Like you get people like Ron Paul have been predicting it for like fifty years, right? Right. And again, you look at the chart. You go from like nineteen thirteen to now, and it's lost ninety seven percent of its purchasing power. And you go like, or is that not like what's what quali- What would have to qualify for hyperinflation? Is it that amount in a year? Like a hundred years? Losing up one percent per year isn't enough to say like wow, this. The system's kind of broken. No, no. Um, I think hyperinflation is is. Uh, I don't know if we'd have to put a number on it, but probably twenty percent inflation per year or more per year. Okay. Well, I get that's what I want. I want to. I want to know the number, right? Because the 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 stated number now, right, is is uh, what eight percent, seven or eight percent. Mm-hmm. Right, and so you know it's way more than that, because they discount necessities in that calculation. And right? now they do. <laughs> right. Well, if we take out housing, gas, and food, then inflation is not all that bad. Yeah. Well, the only shit that people can afford to buy now is fucking housing, gas, and food, jackass. And if that's eating up all their disposable income, then of course nothing else is having a problem because they can't afford to buy it anyway. Yeah, and and that's and that's what the elites want you to be stuck on is is those things yeah so, so oh, fuck we'll just em, make we'll make right? energy super expensive and that and and if all you can buy is you know enough gas to heat your house then then sucks good. to be you peon yeah and and again that's that's why i that's why i sympathize with some of those people with some of those anarchists right because at, th- at this point not not all wealthy people not all rich people um, but it be, it becomes less and less worth it uh, the harder it is to maintain the status quo or to advance within the system that's rigged against you from the beginning um, and getting worse by the you know by the day. And you you mentioned like oh, yeah the, the only thing is I I, I don't know so, sometimes I don't know when you say uh, you sympathize with them well some of these people are encouraging the system that is uh, being rigged against them. You know, it's like, um, well, the people that want everything for free, for example. Right. It's like, yeah, you, if if you let them, let the government get strong enough to give you everything for free, then it's also strong enough to take it all away from you. Right. And that's so, why I said I, I don't necessarily support some of their positive positions, more so their negative right. positions. And I, I want to... I want to assume, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? That the reason they hold those positive positions is through ignorance at the moment, right? There's, there's not a lot of outlets out there with the big enough reach to really inform them on what's really going on and for, in, in a way that they can then digest it, right? Like, the, the, you know, the, the left wants bigger government and then they get bigger government and it sucks, <laughs> right? and so like, well, more. we need bigger government, right? You know, yeah. yeah. Like I, I it's, it, I, I, I probably won't listen to it much going forward. But I used to, you know, listen to a lot of the, you know, the technology shows, and because they're in California and Silicon Valley and that area, they lean heavily left, and they don't even realize it, right? But they bring up all these problems with Elon Musk and technology. And the solution always like more government regulation to keep these companies in check. And I go, well, well, there's your problem right there. You guys are, you know, you guys don't like the fucking tech monopolies out there, right? But, but you don't, you, you don't even bring anybody on to give you the, you know, the converging viewpoint, the, the converse viewpoint that the reason there's so many tech monopolies out there is because government allows it. 
you know, and rather than adding more government to the equation, if you take some of the government out of the equation, uh, you may end up with less tech monopolies out there. Yeah. But they'll never advocate for that because that's not what they've been, you know, taught or learned or whatever. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned, um, the, the government will come and take everything you have and cryptocurrencies is the answer. And I'm going to backtrack a little bit to get that conversation. Um, because if you're listening to this show, this is probably not news, but because this is my show, uh, we'll talk about it for as, you know, as long as we need to. Um, but the crypto six, uh, situation is just about resolved in the worst way possible. And that is Ian Freeman, the lone holdout, right? The guy who preached for years to never take a plea, right? Don't give them the satisfaction of, you know, if they can't prove their case, you know, take them to court, take them to trial, but never take their plea. Cause that's just handing them a victory. Uh, was found guilty on like all fucking counts this week. And mm. I think I got the news. I think this, uh, the, the, the verdict was issued like on Thursday or something. So right, you know, right before going into the holiday or maybe, yeah, I think it was on Thursday. Cause I, you know, I was like, well, now I, now I have to listen, uh, to as much free talk live as I can on that day to find out, you know, from his perspective, what, what was going on. Um, but yeah, so the crypto six, of the six, one got all of their charges dropped. Uh, four of them took a plea of some kind, mostly to wire fraud. Uh, ironically, the people that took the plea on wire fraud are very, very upset uh, because the wire fraud charges were then dropped uh, from Ian's case before trial. <laughs> like the one, the one thing that they said that we can't make a case on is what a lot of people took a plea on, um, and then they dropped it. Uh, so they, you know, there's, there's some, there's some sour grapes there. Um, and I forget all the charges he was then facing, but a handful of them got dropped. The big ones got dropped. Uh, some new ones were added in. Um, and I know that I get my, I know that I get my news from biased news sources because, you know, the, the people reporting firsthand what's going on are, you know, friends of Ian, right? You know, acquaintances, people that I know personally, and they go to the trial to support. And they come back and they go like, here's what happened. The prosecution has no fucking idea what they're doing. Right? They they were building this case around wire fraud. And they dropped those charges. And they keep trying to build the case that there was wire fraud involved. And the defense is just tearing them a new one. Like At every turn, the defense is just drilling all these holes in their arguments, in their case. Like it's falling apart at the seams. Um, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to say this, I must, I'm going to say this is assumption. I heard it on the street word, you know, word was early on that there was like a ringer on the jury, like someone snuck on to the jury. That was one of us, right? Like a, a known, not a known associate of the defendant, but a known person within, within the larger Liberty community. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And that's you like, fucking at least hang them, right? And he, if we've got one of us on there who knows about jury nullification, uh, the, the worst that can happen is a hung jury, right? Best thing that happened, he's like the fucking foreman and turns all of them around. You know, we all go home happy. But no, uh, two hours and some change of deliberation and then guilty on all counts, hmm. <laughs> And so sentencing is in April and I go, well, did not, you know, I, I expected that early on, right. You know, cause that's, that's what the feds do, right. They come after you. So I expected the worst. Um, I was hopeful, right. That with, with the attorneys or the attorney that he hired, like one of the best, uh, or the best in, you know, in this area, in the state of New Hampshire, whatever, um, all that money and attorney fees and, and whatever, uh, great case, great job by the defense, you know, just ripping all these holes in the prosecution all the way up, you know, from, from the moment he was arrested and all that other stuff. Um, I was like, well, you know, Lark Larkin Rose has said after spending his year in jail for tax evasion or willful failure to file, uh, that he put too much faith in the federal jury system 
because he was convinced that, you know, people would understand the law uh, and make the right decision, and then they did not, right? And then we had the case of the Liberty Dollar where uh, Bernard von Nothaus was convicted of counterfeiting, right, by a, by a federal jury or whatever, who couldn't tell the difference between a one-ounce piece of 999 fine silver and a U.S. quarter, right? It's like, no, those look the same, right? <laughs> I was less than hopeful uh, that a, you know, a jury would figure shit out um, in, in the realm of cryptocurrency, and that this particular case had the had the potential to set a lot of precedent in that sphere for a lot of other cases. Um, that mayor, you know, that who knows what will happen now. Um, but they wanted him. They came after him. They got him. True to his word, he was the only one that did not take a plea. Uh, you know, according according to close sources, right, made his case convincingly overwhelmingly in the face of a incompetent prosecution uh and still and still walking out of there guilty on all counts um they said you know the, the sentencing could be as as little as eight years in prison i think that's the new minimum uh that he's facing and you know in, you know in, in talking to the captain about this uh through the chat channels he's like eight years is a long time man I'm like yes I don't want to sound like I'm being a dick or discounting that, right? But at the beginning of this thing, it was 70 years to life, right? And so eight years, absolutely terrible and unjust and unfair and wrong and morally reprehensible and all those other bad things you could say about it, right? But it's not a life ender, right? It's not of you will never see the light of day again. It's not a you will die in federal prison, right? So... I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying hopefully, you know, we'll we'll get Ian back on the outside uh, before before it's well too far and gone. Uh, his life is well too far and gone. And of course, there's you know before sentencing ways to appeal and move it up the chain and see where it goes from there. So it's it's not over, um, but this is about the the worst thing that could have happened uh, with that case so far. So if you if you've been following it, this is not news to you. Uh, if you haven't been following it, how do you not know about it if you're only getting the news from me? Um, because there are way more, you know, smarter, better, more active people doing their own thing um, with it. But if this is the only place you hear about it, there's there's a little update on the Crypto 6. Um, more news as it breaks, but again, we're, you know, we're four months out from sentencing, so I don't know when appeals get filed or any of that stuff. Um, but terrible, terrible. Over Bitcoin, right? The, the, the crime was selling Bitcoin for the most part. There's, you know, there's a lot of intricacies involved with that. Um, you know, initially the wire fraud or, um, was it, uh, they, they claimed that he was selling to scammers or protecting scammers from scamming, from romance scams and tax evasion, Right. That's the big one. Right? The, the, the one thing that the feds can always count on getting whatever you're doing on, right? They, they can't get you for the big stuff, but they'll get you for tax evasion. So there's, you know, there's at least, the, so they tack that on after everything was said and done. And of course, got a conviction on that. But ba- basically, you know, selling Bitcoin uh, to people willfully buying Bitcoin, right? And, be, and because he said, I don't want to know what you're going to do with it. I don't know where you, I don't want to know mm-hmm. where you got the money. Right. Uh, fraud, right. Wrong. You're not allowed <laughs> to do that. Right. How, which is, which is completely fucking dumb because if there's any other product or service, right. Like when I go to the grocery store to buy said bread from earlier, right. They don't ask me like, Oh, you, what, what are you going to do with this bread? You know, you're going to make a fucking toast with it. You're going to make a sandwich. You're going to feed the ducks. Oh, no. And, and, and where, ducks. Did you, where did you get that $10 now that it costs $10 for a loaf of bread? Where did you get that $10 from? You know, we, we, you know, to be responsible grocers, need to know all this fucking information about you before we can let you make this trade and this purchase. Right? All of a sudden, that principle gets applied to Bitcoin. Right? 
Like, if I, I want to buy some Bitcoin and you need to know where I got the money from, number one, fuck you, right? And number two, you don't need to know what I'm going to do with that Bitcoin. It's mine now after the trade. I'll do whatever the hell I want with it. Uh, and you need not know. It is none of your goddamn business. Know your customer. No, none of your goddamn business. So on principle, you know, he, he did the right thing. Um, there was even part of the court where he was like, you know, he reached out to people he thought were being scammed to inform them that, hey, I think you're being scammed and this is probably a romance scam and maybe you ought not purchase Bitcoin from me or anybody, right? And that's just because he's a good dude. He's got no obligation, ethical, moral, or otherwise, you know, to, to prevent people from getting scammed. What's a romance scam? Uh, there are scammers online that, you know, target people and then they have them send them money by pretending to be like, you know, the boyfriend or the girlfriend or whatever. Oh. <laughs> From, wow. you know, like a long distance romantic relationship kind of a thing. Huh. Wow. And whereas they used to do it through Western Union, and I even think Western Union got in trouble for, for again, not vetting, you know, oh, if the little old lady wants to send $3,000 to Nigeria, you're not allowed to do it, you know, because she's probably getting scammed, <laughs> right? But yeah. Western Union's fault? No. Uh, but even Western yeah. Union got in trouble for that, I think, some, some time ago. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the romance scam. It's, you know, send, sending money to a, a false suitor of some kind. Hmm. Um, okay. So faci- facilitating the romance scam is basically what it came down to by, by selling them. But, again, right, they use Bitcoin. But prior to Bitcoin, romance scams aren't new to Bitcoin. Before right. that, they used other services and or U.S. dollars, right. and no one's going after those people. So it's just, yeah. it's folly that's, all around. Yeah, that's, what, that's what's so sad is that they, they're, they're trying to pretend Bitcoin is worse than the dollars. Like, no, dollars are still used way more than Bitcoin for, for any illegal uh, thing you can think of and and on a massive scale when you start talking about the big banks they're they're constantly being caught uh with doing uh, wire fraud or um uh, facilitating uh big uh, drug trades or right uh, international crimes or you know whatever it is they're they're always being fined uh, billions of dollars. So you know th- that if they're still in business, they're they're making more than a billion dollars doing these yeah, things. <laughs> a lot more. Yeah. Because if it was close to putting them out of business, they wouldn't be able to. They wouldn't be able to do it. Right. Right. And even you know, and again, those those anti Bitcoin, anti crypto people, right, have have that same problem where they don't look internally to what the current status quo is. Right. All of their complaints about crypto and the use of crypto or Bitcoin and the use of Bitcoin and, you know, what makes it a Ponzi scheme and what makes it a scam, (laughs) right? Everything they say is, number one, wrong about Bitcoin and crypto, and number two, completely 100% applicable uh, to the current U.S. dollar system or whatever national currency they're using. Well, the right. biggest shit coin in the world right now is the U.S. dollar. <laughs> right now, yeah, yeah, I was, you know, maybe maybe not the biggest because you know, like, was Venezuela still hyperinflating their shit to no end, and the U.S. Well, dollar the, still won't hit it yet. The, but the, they're they're not used worldwide though. So yeah, it's okay, fair enough. But yeah, definitely it's, it's the definitely biggest a by, big by value. Coin. It's the biggest Ponzi scheme ever uh, right. in the world. <laughs> but but you won't hear any of these critics. You won't hear any of these critics make that comparison or say yeah. that about the U.S. Well, dollar. That's because they're all in the pyramid, you know? Right. So, of course, they got to prop that one up. And, and so that's why I, I, my uh, disagreement with KS is that, he, you know, he, he thinks that, well, maybe they should, you know, raise interest rates. And I'm like, well, I don't want to benefit the people that are holding U.S. dollars. Like, screw them. Just keep keep printing as much as you can. I just don't agree with wh- who they're giving it to when they print it. Yeah. Um, I, I want to crash the dollar by inflation rather than, than – uh, then make it more valuable with deflation. Right. I got a, I got a small company bonus from the new company and I already told the, Oh, you know, my boss, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm headed to the next, like, you know, buying opportunity for crypto. If I can convert, if I can convert this small bonus to crypto, I know that it's going to grow over, you know, a long enough period of time. Um, and you know, really turn this bonus into something, uh, truly, truly valuable. Yeah. And oh, he tried or- to give me the time. He's like, well, if you want to go do it, go run to the store and do it. And I'm like, hold on. 
I'm not or leaving. I least, will get it done. I don't have to do it right now. Or at least uh, you, you probably won't lose money. Um, there, right. There's some caveats with that, and that is, is is the government getting involved. And, you know, I always tell people uh, when I do KS's class, I say, well, they made gold illegal one time. There's, you know, there's a big possibility that they'll do that with Bitcoin. Yeah. Even if it pisses a bunch of people off, because I'm sure it pissed a lot of people off back then when, you know, gold was money. Yeah. A lot harder to confiscate. Uh, and at least at least here where I'm at in New Hampshire, there is at least a local market of anarchist agorist traders. Oh, no, they won't worry about confiscating it. Uh, what they will do is go after the exchanges, and so you just—it'll be harder to trade it. You'll have to use international exchanges, and those international exchanges are more likely to rip you off. Uh, you know, sim- similar to why FTX was uh, based out of Bahamas. You know. Yeah. Well, yes, and again, with with the local community of traders here, um, whatever we've got could stay local, right? Like I, yeah, I need that's meat. that's. You That's give me the Bitcoin. best way to do it. Yeah. That is truly, and and then well, at that point, you don't even need Bitcoin if you're doing local trades. You could make your own gold currency and and exchange that or right. whatever. But right now, we've all got crypto of some kind, so it's useful. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? Nope. Merry all Christmas. Right. Merry Christmas, and that'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us: anarchistexperience.com. On Telegram, t.me slash anarchist experience or t.me slash the anarchist experience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to y'all next week on the last day of the year edition. Uh, thank you very much for listening and peace. Oh, I hit a rim shot on that one. Oh.